It is a loaded offensive tackle class in the 2024 NFL draft. So we had offensive line expert Brandon Thorne to rank the top five. Let's get it. This is Renner Ranks, the ultimate NFL ranking show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To today's Renner Ranks, your go-to daily rankings podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special thank you to all the everydayers out there who make this your go-to daily rankings podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe, like, follow for free, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Helps a lot. I am your host, Mike Renner, NFL Draft Analyst for The Messenger, at Mike Renner underscore on social media. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code all lowercase NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Very excited about today's episode. Offensive tackles with none other than Brandon Thorne. If you don't know who he is, go follow him on Twitter at NFL. He tweets more offensive line clips, O-line and D-line than anyone else I know. He watches all the tape of every NFL offensive line play every single week. The guy is extremely knowledgeable. So when he talks about line play, and especially these 2024 NFL draft prospects, I listen, you should listen. Let's get into it. All right, Brandon, the resident offensive line expert here. We're going to kick it to you first. Who is your number five OT in this upcoming draft class? Yeah, right now, for me, it's it's kind of a tie, really. But, I mean, right now, I'll go number five, uh, Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma. Um, right tackle. You know, still pretty young guy, TCU transfer, um, his second year with the program at, at Oklahoma. Uh, but, you know, I think you got to start with him, with, you know, the physical traits, you know, 6'7", 325, 330. Uh, and just his build at that size and how well he carries it, uh, you know, is pretty rare, pretty special. Um, so I think that's like the first thing, the thing kind of like the foundation of his game. And then he's very physical. Uh, as well plays with, of course, kind of that traditional Oklahoma offensive line demeanor where all those guys are good finishers. He certainly is one of those, um, at least with effort. Uh, but he does fall off, you know, some blocks each game. You know, he kind of the finer aspects of the position are still coming along. They're not quite there. Um, but, you know, physically, I can make the case that, you know, he's up there with anyone in this class. And, you know, with if you're going to bet on traits, he's he's one of those guys, I think. Guyton, when I first watched his tape over the summer and I'm watching him play, I hadn't like looked up anything about him other than, you know, just knew he was a prospect. And I'm just in awe of like how quick that guy got out of his stance, like the explosiveness. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, you know, what is he like 295, 300, like just scraping. It's like, oh no, he's 325. Like that right. guy packs a punch right. at that size. But my biggest thing with him, so he didn't make my top five, is just from last year's tape to this year's tape. I don't know if I've seen enough of an improvement. And so I was high on him. I think I had him in the thirties range coming into this year. And I think I had him as OT five coming in. And I just think he's been passed up by some of these guys. I don't think he's necessarily, uh, you know, I think he's still like a fringe first round prospect in my eyes, but I just think there's more guys playing better football right now in this OT class. So I have him just a little outside my top five. At the moment. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, so my number five then is going to be Taliesa Fuaga, the Oregon State offensive tackle. Um, 6'6", 330. And, and he reminds me a little bit at that size of like a Christian Darisaw. And I don't think that's like a great one-to-one -one comp. But just in that, it's so casual how easily he tosses guys around. And it's just like 
it doesn't look like he's doing much of anything. And then all of a sudden, like a linebacker gets bounced, you know, three yards down the football field because he's just so head to toe, just powerful, just massively powerful human being. And he doesn't really, you know, a lot of the guys that are like Tyler Guyton, you're saying like he's an aggressive, powerful guy. Fuaga is just like under control, goes yeah. about his business, and he punishes guys on a snap to snap basis. So really an obvious tape. I think he's a fourth-year player. Um, ascending to your starter. I, I think he's a guy that has probably worked his way in the first round conversation at this point. Yeah, I've, I've been watching him lately. I've, I've seen, I think, three games so far. Uh, and yeah, man, I mean, I think the most impressive, I have him right below Guyton, like him and my number four guy are really tightly bunched right now and very fluid, I would say. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, when you watch him at his size, I agree with you, the, the control that he plays with, um, his posture, right? Like he keeps his head out of blocks. Yep. He keeps things in front of him. Um, really good patience, uh, but he balances that well with the aggressiveness. And I, I really like the skill that he has. I, you know, I, I do think when you really kind of dial into that UCLA tape, Latu didn't rush over him a whole lot, but you could see some of the little bit of sluggishness there in his body. Not a lot of, you know, twitch to to redirect. If he, if he, you know, I think the margin for error for him is pretty small in pass protection if he's isolated out there, but he could function at a very high level within a kind of a friendly scheme, I think, uh, for sure. But in terms of like, you know, living out there on an island against high level guy, I don't know if he's going to be doing that mm -hmm. necessarily at the next level, but um, yeah, maybe a higher floor, I think, than Guyton, uh, at least this year. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I see him, but I'm really impressed with the patience and the control and stuff like that. I see it and and then, yeah, him getting up to the second level is fun. And he actually, he gets out of his stance really quick. He functions at a high level in their zone scheme, you know, uh, as well, which at his size is impressive. So he's not like a slug or anything, but I just think, you know, there there is kind of a cap there. That's that's what I've seen so far. I, I tend to agree. I think that's a good way to describe it, just capped in pass protection. Like he's just yeah. not quite as good, swift but... as you would like it to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, who's your number four? Yeah, number four for me is Patrick Paul um from houston and like i said paul guyton and fuaga right now are very fluid um that's not set in stone yet but yeah patrick paul just a, a tiny bit of an edge over guyton uh, i mean you know it's, it's kind of hard to watch houston in general this year but um patrick paul again another guy with the physical traits in terms you know he's six seven again and uh you know a little bit lighter than guyton um i think like 315 but you know crazy long arms 36 plus um and he does kind of get in trouble with that length in terms of being a little late with his hands, which is something that you see with guys when they have this crazy length. Uh, you know, it's very easy for them to be late with their hands and let guys get inside their chest. But I think he has the play strength to uh, kind of mitigate that a little bit. And if he does clean up his hands, man, I mean, he, he could probably be a, you know, a plus starter, I think above average or better starter right now. I don't necessarily see him like inserting himself into that right away as a pro, but you know, right now I have a second round grade on pretty much all these guys we've talked about so far. Um, and uh, that's kind of how I see him, but he, he moves pretty well. And I love his demeanor. I mean, he is one of the best finishers in the class. He's nasty. Uh, and you got to watch the sideline copy when you're studying his tape, because there's some crazy finishes going on <laughs> around the ball. Um, so I appreciate that about him as well. So stuff to clean up, but I, I really do like a lot of what he brings. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's like technically sound or consistent, but he seems to like find answers, you know, even right. when it may not be the prettiest. He's so strong. Yeah. You know? And so 
I do worry though about leaving his chest open and basically like, what would it look like if he played better competition? Right. Because yeah, he's played some bigger schools this year. I think he's played Texas tech. Uh, there's one other one I can't remember on the schedule that they played, but I, that's the guy I definitely want to see at like a senior bowl shrine bowl one-on-one -on -one type of just to like really get a handle on where he's at uh, yeah. in that perspective. So I didn't actually have him in my top five, but I had him Guyton just outside my top five. My number four is actually Jordan Morgan, Arizona left okay. tackle. I just, I think his body control at his size, so he's 6'5", 325. He reminds me a little bit of like a Deion Dawkins. And that is just like, he controls that size so well. And now he's maybe not, you know, there's nothing real special about him athletically, I wouldn't say. Like, I wouldn't say he's the swiftest in this class. I wouldn't say there's anything like elite physically. But the body control, hands and feet work in unison, and then the balance. I just don't think, like, he'll strain to hold on to blocks better than a lot of guys in this class. And I just think that's a great trait to have at a tackle position where you know, body controls, everything <laughs> like that, that is, it's the guys who can really, uh, you know, have full usage of, you know, their hands and keep that, uh, throughout the course of a play and throughout the course of a game that are the guys that win consistently. So I, I'm just a fan of his. I don't think he's again, like anything special as a prospect. Um, like there's probably a ceiling to his game, but I just think you're getting a darn good offensive tackle at the next level. I think he has a real, uh, high floor in that regard too. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely get on board with you there. It's, it's funny, like the first few games of the season, he was my tackle for too, I think. Um, but the last couple of weeks, man, I've been noticing this reoccurring trend where he has a tendency to open up his hips and shoulders a little early. I think his range is maybe not quite suited for tackle in the pros. It's getting, it's, it's teetering on that line. Mm -hmm. For me, actually, just like the last couple of days, I I think I've kind of settled on projecting him uh, as a guard. Okay. Uh, so that's why he's not here. But I think he plays UCLA this weekend. So that's kind of kind of make or break my evaluation of him in terms of position projection. Um, so that that's going to be a huge game for him, I think. They do play UCLA this week, right? Uh, I'm not sure. Actually. I think they do because okay. I want to see him against yeah, yeah. Law too. So Yeah, I mean, um, and then the Murphy brothers are also like they got – Right. They got skill, at least. They yeah. may not be high in prospects, but they're skilled. Yeah, absolutely. So that game for me is kind of a make or break for him in a lot of ways because uh, I thought Braylon Trice gave him a ton of trouble with exactly what I'm talking about, opening up early and then getting the inside shoulder pried open and just getting beat across his face, getting pried open mm -hmm. you know, repeatedly against Trice. Um, and then uh, against USC as well, I saw the same things against not as high level of a player. Um, so – the first few games, I was very high. These last couple of games, I'm just kind of seeing like, you know, maybe not as high end of a kind of a tackle guy as I thought. So maybe best inside because I do think this guy is really strong. Core strength is really good um, when he's centered on blocks. Mm -hmm. But I, I have a hard time seeing him stay centered in the pros at tackle on an island. And that could become an issue, but maybe it's mitigated inside. I think he could work really well inside and be a good guard. So. I don't know, but it's funny you mentioned Deion Dawkins because I remember him coming out of Temple, same conversation. Is he a guard or a tackle? And, you know, turns out he could play tackle at a high level. So that's a really cool name to bring up because I think that's a kind of a good place to start with him. Get back to the rankings in just a second. First, Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, 
All you do is pick more than or less than on two to six stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Price picks is really simple to play. You can make and submit picks in less than 60 seconds. Price picks also offers weekly promotions to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Price picks discounts select players' projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for a first deposit match of up to $100. All right, who's your number three here in this class? Yeah, number three for me is uh, J.C. Latham uh, from Alabama. Um, man, you know, I – I think he's the strongest tackle in the country. Uh, I think that's probably the best place to start. You know, 6'6", six, six and, you know, what is he now? I, I think he put on 20 pounds this past offseason. He's 360. 360, man. I mean, <laughs> dude, he carries that very well, yeah. um, I think. And uh, just the last few weeks, these rushers, these edge rushers that are sub 250, um, Tennessee's guys are sub 250. Mississippi State a few weeks back were sub 250 guys. I mean, those guys have zero chance against Latham. Um, so just so powerful, so big, so physically imposing. And uh, I think that's like special. Um, you know, of, of all these guys we talked about, I think that's probably the first like really like tier one kind of trait that we've, you know, that, that we could talk about so far is his play strength and power. Um, so I'm kind of a sucker for that. It, it's a, it's a great place to start. Um, you know, I think he's still really young as well. Uh, you know, I just, I see this guy is locked in at tackle three, if not, you know, maybe a little bit higher. We'll see how the rest of the season goes, but I, I'm very high on him firm first round grade for him. And yeah, I, I think he's a, he's a stud dude. Yeah. The, the top three, there's a clear delineation in my eyes. Yeah. These three are, okay. you Same know, they, they could all end up top 10 picks. The guys we're going to talk about, but right. Latham's my tech tackle three too. And okay. what you mentioned, just the strength, he's like a, it's almost like a bigger Tyler Smith. And that is just mm. so like has the, it doesn't matter who it is, you know, who's Commanding. going up against exactly. Mm. Like it's just such yeah. a dominant trait that no one yeah. can hang with them. And, you know, I talked about casual power. It's nothing casual about him when he's on tape. Like he is ferocious trying to get guys, yeah. uh, off the line of scrimmage onto the ground. Mm. He, he, want, he, plays with a little mean streak at that position. Nowhere near like the pass protection of the top two guys we're going to talk about in terms of the consistency. But he again, he could stay a tackle at that size. There's no reason yeah. that I've seen on tape from his feet to his hands that he shouldn't be able to figure it out. So I agree. I'm definitely a big fan of his game. Big fan of his game. It's good to hear. Yeah. All right. Who's number two on your list? Yeah. Joe Walt from Notre Dame. Um, I've been blown away by him this year, man, just in terms of uh, the polish in his game. Uh, the last four years that I've been watching, you know, all the offensive line for Bleacher Report, um, he's probably the most polished guy I've seen, honestly. Just you know exactly what you're getting with him, I think, and that's so rare for a college player. Every single tape is the same. He's just ruthlessly consistent in his technique. Um, you know, not the most powerful guy, not the best anchor, but at 6'8", I've never seen a tackle with a good anchor, um, you know, unless you're talking about Jonathan Ogden or something. Uh, so that's kind of – you know, expected, you're going to kind of give, there's, there's a little give and take there. Um, but I just think the floor is high. And I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he's great, but I would be shocked if he's not rock solid. I think that's kind of the best way to put it. Um, he's like a bigger, longer, more physical Jake Matthews. That's kind of how I see it. And 
I mean, yeah, dude, I've just been so impressed with his technique. He's just, especially in the run game, like uh, the, his ability to bend and uh, create leverage with his hands consistently, his climbs to the second level, everything is so just like fine tuned. Like he knows exactly what he's doing. And I would love to, you know, I'd feel very good about spending a first round pick on that. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's fun to watch, man. I wasn't, he just blown me away. I wasn't expecting yeah. to, to like him as much as I have. So his dad was an offensive tackle, but he feels like the, you know, how like Patrick Sertan coming out, Patrick Sertan Jr., Antoine Winfield Jr., like those guys, just how they played corner and safety. That's mm -hmm. what like Joe Wall feels where it's just like, this guy has been learning it since he was probably like three years old. And he just, and he looks like it. Like there's just, that is what, you know, technically how like 10 year veterans in the NFL look like. And he's doing that as a yeah. junior. And it's funny that you brought up Matthews too. Bloodlines uh, as well. Because the bloodlines there, but also they're two of the most like baby faced offensive tackles I've yeah. ever seen. Like Matthews looked like a, a high schooler coming out. Joe Alt looks like a kid, man. And he's 6'8, 322. Like his head and shoulders above everyone when they come off the bus, but he looks like he's like 12 years old and just yeah, dominant, funny. man. I, I mean, just as consistent yeah. as can be. If you, if you wanted to take him over the guy we're going to talk at one, like just out of the pure, you know what you're getting sort of thing, like you know you're getting the security of of Joe Walt, like I wouldn't debate it. I still do think that the guy who's number one is a special prospect and will be an elite NFL offensive tackle. But I think Joe Walt's just like pro bowl type of floor, man. I just don't see how that's not the case here. We're going to get to the top of the class in just a second here. But first, today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Did the game go into timeout? Time to order DoorDash. Is it halftime? That's ordering time. Two minute warning. You got it. That's your cue to order in. Order chips, dips, nachos, or everything you need to make your own nachos on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing a game. I have to say, I haven't tried the actual ordering of things to make food, but that sounds interesting. Well, some may be a little lazy, but you know, it's a weekend. <laughs> what are you going to do when you're watching ball, right? All right. Get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. That's 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more. So you got to really hit the needle there. You got to get between $15 and $20 to really take advantage of it. With code L-O-C-K-E-D-23. Subject to change. Terms apply. All right, who's yeah, number one? I'm pretty much in line with you there. Um, yeah, so Olu Fashanu from Penn State. Um, he would have been my number one tackle last class. Uh so, you know, that kind of says, says it all right there, how much I like him um, and most people like him. But, yeah, he's, uh, you know, just his natural skills um, blended with his physical traits and pass protection is as good as I've seen, you know, the last four years for sure, if not just better. Um, you know, the, the run game stuff is I think has gotten better, but uh, it's not great. It's not bad. It's, it's more kind of in the middle, not like the most physically – imposing guy in terms of his demeanor, you know, like Latham or, you know, even Paul or something. But, um, you know, I think he could be a, you know, a highly functional run blocker. And I think he could certainly get better as well. So especially with footwork and aiming points and landmarks, he, he kind of falls off some blocks here and there, but um, he certainly has the tools to get better there. But I mean, in a pass protection in a passing league, you know, when his pass protection skills are as good as they are, um, you know, I think he's kind of the no brainer number one, uh, just, you know, foot quickness and, you know, natural ability to anchor, even though against Ohio State, he had a little trouble with that. Um, Yeah, just he has his feel, his natural feel uh, right away last year as a 19-year-old is just kind of as reminiscent of Panay Sewell and what he did in the run game. 
you know, as a prospect. Um, so they're kind of inverse that way. But yeah, he's he's like on that level of a prospect to me. Yeah, and I do think it's worth noting you said it there. 19 years old last year, his first year starter. So he's fourth year player, but he's still young. He's still 20 years old right now. Well, so we'll be a 21 year old rookie. Mm -hmm. And everything you said, I have him as OT1 too. I'm a massive Notre Dame homer and I don't even have Joe Walt above him. That's how much, you know, that's how good yeah. this guy is at the yeah. tackle position. It, to me, he's like probably, it reminds me of watching his tape like Laramie Tunsil coming out. And just in terms of just, they were just so, they profiled to such high level in pass protection and how they were able to you know get on guys so just how light they were in their feet how coordinated mm -hmm. they use their hands just like how they you know can manipulate space between them and defenders it's just it's going to be good like it's going to be good and it could be insane right it could be like as good as you see in the nfl in terms of pass protection like he has that possesses those sort of traits so yeah this tackle class the one two three i see the clear tier where do you think where, where, so if you were to the, your top five, where would you project those guys coming off the board right now? Olu, Alt, Latham, and then you had Paul and uh, Guyton. Yeah, I think Olu, you know, probably top five. Um, yeah. You know, after the two quarterbacks and, and uh, Harrison, I, you know, I'm, I'm probably him, you know, so four or five, I would say. Um, and then Alt, you know, probably top 10. Latham, probably top 10, maybe top 15. Uh, you know, so I think those three will be off, you know, in the top half of the first round. And then uh, after that, I mean, I think it's kind of wide open. Um, like I said, I you know, Paul Guyton and Fulaga, I have second round grades on right now. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the year goes and, and whatnot for them. And just as we gather more information and all that, you know, I think any one of those guys can go in the first round. I, you know, th there's always a tackle bump. If you have a, a second round grade on a tackle, they're probably going in the first so if I'm projecting and not, you know, basing it truly on my grade, I would say, you know, at least two of those guys probably go in the first round. I think we're getting five minimum mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's five to seven, maybe, you know, it's, it's, I don't think that's crazy. So uh, th there's even tackles outside of these names that, you know, I like not as first round guys, but I mean, like this is a deep tackle class, I think. That was the last thing I was going to ask you here. So the one guy, we didn't, one of the guys we didn't talk about who's, you know, could be in the mix for one of the top tackles. This is Marius Mims, Georgia mm -hmm. tackle. I don't know how much you've watched of him, but how do you deal with a guy who he's barely played football, got injured, I believe, week three of this season, uh, only was a spot starter at the end of last season, really hasn't played, I think, only like 500 snaps his entire career, 645 snaps his entire career here. What do you do with a guy like that as a project in the NFL, if he would declare? It's tough, like assuming he doesn't play the rest of the year, too. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. You know. That, that makes it really tough. I, I have a hard time seeing him come out in this class this year if he doesn't play the rest of the year. Hopefully he can return, but it's tricky, obviously. I mean, he's, like you said, he's barely played. It's such a projection there that it's so highly dependent on where he goes. You know, if he goes to Philly or something and they're grooming him, you know, behind Lane or whatever, like, okay, you know, then you you can take him a lot earlier uh, than if he were to go to, you know, 90% of the other teams in the NFL. I think like in our position projecting, you know, NFL wise and not for a team, like I, I would have a hard time picking him in the first round unless, you know, all the off the field stuff was glowing and just like he checks all the boxes and mm -hmm. he comes out and tests grade and just checks that box. And then maybe, but like, 
yeah, I think when you watch him on film, obviously the height, the weight, the way he carries it, um, you know, is, is really impressive. Uh, early this year when I watched him, you could tell he's still very raw, especially in the run game, um, you know, with like fits on double teams. Like it just seems like he just needs to play more football. I hope he comes back. He could be the top tackle next year. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's hard, man. It's, it just depends on the situation. I think is it's so highly dependent on that for him. Yeah. With just, I mean, tackle is such a skill position. O-line in general is such a skill position that I'll always trend towards the guys with experience more than, yeah you know, the wild card of what he could be. It's like mm, those guys, a lot of times you're year three or four, still trying to talk yourself into what they could be. And then sometimes yeah. it just turns on, sometimes it doesn't, but you wasted, you know, a lot of the rookie contract when that's the case. Well, Brandon, appreciate you coming on, man. What is the, where should the people go find your work here? Yeah. So Twitter at Brandon Thorne NFL, uh, post a lot of stuff on there. Um, trenchwarfare.substack.com is my, uh, my Substack where I do a bunch of different work on the offensive and defensive line there. Um, and then, uh, establish the run as well. I do all my rankings for OL and DL units there. So those are the spots you can find me. Awesome stuff there from Brandon. As always, if you don't follow him on Twitter, make sure you go do that. If you don't follow Trench Warfare, would highly recommend it. I know it is paid subscription, but I think it's well worth the money. Next week, Monday, all 22 takeaways. Back at it again. Rest of the week, TBD, but looking forward to it. We got some bangers on the slate this weekend. Very excited for it. We will see you guys on Monday.